Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So this is the bit where we test the levels. I thought, Ruth, that I came out with uh, a really good one-liner. You know, I came in late and I'd recorded The Rise of the Nazis. Mm. And I said to you, uh, I fell, and I was watching it late, so I said I, I fell asleep during The Rise of the Nazis, as much of Germany did. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, it was all right? Yeah, no, that was really funny. Ah, uh, good, because you seemed to... Uh, it was funny. I didn't think you could get a show out of it. No, it's not a whole... what I said. Yes, well, you're probably right about that. Can, Can I give it? you another a different one-liner? This is an old-fashioned comedian, Ronnie Barker. You'll never heard of him. He was very popular. A man walks into a chemist and says, Can I have a bar of soap, please? And the chemist says, Do you want it scented? We don't really have bars of soap in these days. No, that's why it's vintage. Yeah. Should I do it again? Uh, yeah, go on. A man walks into a chemist and says, Can We don't I? really have chemists. <laughs> That's why it's a vintage joke. Can I? A man walks into a chemist. Just imagine we do. A man walks into a no, chemist. No, gender. <laughs> man, Is it real? Because I don't think we really even have men anymore. Well, we're going to talk about that later. A man walks into a chemist and says, Can I have a bar of soap, please? The chemist says, Do you want it scented? And the man says, No, I'll take it with me. And that was a joke from many, many years ago. That's not so good, because she's saying scented. Do you know what I mean? No one gets that mixed up. Your joke was better, I thought. Over to you, Ruthie, because you've had a few wobbles. You've uh, put Majorly wobbly. Majorly wobbly. Like jelly. Mm. Tell me all about it. This is hard. I know, it's difficult. But you're due to go to university, not this weekend, the weekend after. Mm. And you decided you didn't want to go. It it was less that I didn't want to go. It was more like... You really didn't want to go. Yeah. And then it was um, like about my course. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do anymore. I felt really like weird and not good about it. it and it was less of being like nervous. Because I think everyone's bound to be nervous before mm. you leave home for the first time, like, properly. I'm sure there are some people but, who just decide they're not going to go. Yeah, oh, definitely. And you were in that group I of was umming and ahhing, big style. And, about, and then I was, like, questioning whether I really wanted to study languages because kind of had it been one of those things where you decide what you're going to do and then you just kind of go along with it because it's what you've decided did you feel i i the way i read it you felt that you've been sort of steamrolled and not had a say in what you're going to do it's not so much like you're just doing what people expected you to do kind of well only because um languages people love you to do that as like a degree and stuff and it's nice to have everyone being like oh wow what yeah what a great choice and whatever and then you know, it's not. That, yes, that's a good mean. feeling, so isn't what it? What you're and saying then, is, you were doing, you were going to university and doing it because just to make everybody else happy. Is that what you're saying? Kind of, but then also, um, I thought it was making me happy. But you 
hadn't really evaluated I hadn't like really evaluated it properly or taken time to think whether it was still and also you make the decision about what you're going to study in about the October of the previous year so I'm I decided what I was going to study this time last year that's a long time and like it isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things but when you're young a year is Hmm. really a really long time you change your mind you know a few times in between that and then it was yeah it was also a thing yeah but and it wasn't so much like no one had said you have to do that and no one would have minded if I'd have chosen whatever or said I was never going to university or anything like that but it's like you were slightly myself and your mother were slightly taken aback because it's to us you may very well have been mulling this over in your mind but to us it came very suddenly yeah and we we had to think oh my goodness um uh, obviously i had to think about the podcast because you know we wouldn't be doing the podcast if you didn't go to university uh and also we had to think about well we have to get out what are you going to do that was the key thing what are you going to do and you were talking about doing things like uh uh, like doing chugging, you were t- you were. Talking I've never about- heard it called chugging, but yeah. Yeah, you were talking about things. Well, I was just talking about getting a normal job. Well, a menial job. Yeah, and not like a normal job, and then um, just doing that for a year just to figure whatever out. But then, kind of spoken to one of my older sisters, and they were like, "You should go anyway because you're still really young, but it's hard to see it like that. You know, it's hard to be kind of like, oh, I can do this for three years and then." Um, I can decide what I want to do after that it's not it's not me saying that this is my entire life and I have to be the most passionate about this like um, I think one of someone I knew from like a like theatre a lot of stuff was saying um, you feel like you have to hit the ground running and you always have to be so passionate and so like on it all the time but you really don't you can spend three years doing a degree figuring out what you want to do then change entirely but three years of your life when you're 18 years old feels like your whole life it's like a sixth of your your life and and it and you only spend two years at college and then you're you know three years feels like massive but I'm sure when you look back on everything when you're 70 or whatever you feel like three years is nothing yeah but it's hard to make when when you've not when you've not really lived when you've not lived three years as an adult as as someone who are not just an adult but someone who has like autonomy of their own choices deciding something that will affect you three four years in the future is massively daunting was it in any way the debt and everything the financial cost of it it is is, a factor in it yes it is a factor and i wondered if that was yeah because and i didn't want to go and do something because i i really i um as much as I think the experience of university is really important, and I think that's part of the well, reason to go. That, you weren't saying that on Sunday. No, but I, I do, I do. Um, I think the like, I think it's really important to be interested in what you're studying, and I want to go to all my lectures and stuff and do my work properly and all of that kind of thing. That's like what you're spending the money on, and I didn't want to be going and not be interested in what I was studying, and be only going for the other stuff. I want to go to lectures and stuff and find it so we're going to try and change your course maybe yeah but i don't want to do anything about changing yeah i've emailed and stuff so you want to do maybe do like theater studies yeah but if i can't get onto it i'm still going to do go and do french you're going to do french and try and involve yourself in In like theater societies and all that kind of stuff yeah because i was thinking because i don't know it was kind of 
always like what I want, what you know when you um, are a kid like a little kid and what you want to be when you grow up and whatever always wanted to be like an actor and then had kind of the last year when I was doing A levels kind of didn't do as much as I had like previously and had for like a long time because you'd like try and focus on academic stuff and A levels and whatever and then um had kind of worried that I'd sort of missed the boat on doing that or and that I was going to look back and regret at least not giving it a bash even though it's one of those careers that everyone wants to do and it's it's look. millions it's luck it's mostly really, yeah. and it's I'm being sure in the right place at the right time there were loads of people in Benedict Cumberbatch's class who were probably as good as Benedict Cumberbatch mm. he made it he made it as good and probably to a large extent because he's got that unusual look yeah yeah a lot of it's down to like looks and just yeah right place right time stuff right voice at the right time mm. coming Which across still you the right have, people yeah. whatever and, still and, you and might then, have you know that's the whole yeah, and then point about people are saying about the perspective thing you can go and do a degree for four years then go to drama school for three years and be like 25 that's not old but it feels old mm. when you when you're young it feels old yes. then you really are going to have a big debt oh my god and then yeah and then so I was discussing this and then um I think maybe it's Anna or whatever she was like plenty of people do a degree and then a master's and then change what they want to do then do a teaching diploma and end up in a lot of student debt just accept it as a fact of life unfortunately and don't let it mm-hmm. well if you're going to don't let it hold you back from doing mm-hmm. stuff in a way but then it is a worry isn't it as well it's a worry but it's I like balancing the like realist i think the like amount of the amount of money you'll be earning if you do all that and then become a teacher you'll never have to pay your debt back because you'll never <laughs> no you'll never money. no no but i don't know and then it was like and this is kind of a performance. This is kind of a performance. I mean, yeah. you, you're good at this. I think you're I good don't at know, this. Yeah. Other people, some people think you're good at this. We've <laughs> got some emails later saying they're very much enjoying... Oh, I thought you were going to say we've got some emails later of people who don't think you're good at this. No, I, no, I, I don't know. This is myself. like interesting because it's like you want to be real and you want to you want be, to be real yourself. To, you want to be real and be yourself. But it a is point. a persona in a way. Yes, you know what I mean. Like I'm not the exact same on here as I am, and you're not either. No, well, uh, I think I am. No, you're not the exact same. No, you're you're a real version of yourself, but you're not the only version. version. I'm a broadcast version. Yeah, it's a persona though. And, and it's a you know it's a professional thing. But it's a performance. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this may be what you're good at? This may be what you're good at, rather than. But it's also like, what do you want to be good at? You know, you could be really brilliant at maths, but if you're not, you don't want to be a mathematician, then it doesn't really matter what you're good at, I guess. So we've reached a point now where you've decided you are going to university. Yes. And that's this is a, a quite a late stage, and like I say, myself. But no one. The thing is, though, no one. Uh, if I wasn't saying it here, um, no one I never told the university. That. I never told anyone that I was questioning whether I was going or whatever. Like literally, no one could ever know. And I guess that's like that's one of the things as well is that people don't talk about feeling really shaky and really lost very mm. often no they don't and, f- and feeling like oh my god am i making the right choices you know and um i think like as you get older you should feel more sure of yourself but i think it's actually the opposite is that you just feel more and more anxious about every decision you make that you're making the wrong one and and doing mm. stuff wrong and you only really hear about people after they've made a decision you don't really hear and people I think like who's going to speak about like the turmoil that they're in when they're 18 yeah. years old like no 
No, people don't, but you are. So that is that is interesting. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure a lot of people also, starting I think that doesn't university help. will feel exactly the same mm. as you. Am I doing the right course? Don't want to do. And you know, also, I think that doesn't help as well. Is that from you're my in... perspective? I can. I, I will say to you, you're 18 years old. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, but if it. it... I know, I know you. I know that is probably true and whatever, but it feels like it really does. Mm. And like Mum was like, "Oh, it's not even that big of a decision," but it feels like. Mm. But I'm it, sure lots of students it feel, is the, feel, feel the same. When you start there in a couple of weeks' time, I suspect there will be lots of people who've gone through exactly what you're going mm. through. Yeah, and I, I think what also doesn't happen is that from the age of kind of like eleven to eighteen, you sort of have very little autonomy there's a few mm. decisions or whatever but mostly you know exactly what you're doing from the age of mm. four years old to 18 years old and then all of a sudden very quickly it becomes here you go here's this big wide world what are you going to do what are you going to do about it who who do you how do you want to what do you want to be what who who do you want to be what but you did have a little bit of experience working for Sports Direct. Uh, so you know that that world out there is can be, and certainly if you're working for minimum wage or living wage or whatever, can be very, very tough. Even tougher than going through the turmoil you're going through now. Oh, you yeah, know, and it also... And you I'm, know that we, your parents will Oh, but that's the thing, out. like, the I'm, like, w- was struggling with all this stuff and blah, 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 and had parents who I knew, if, even if they'd be a bit pissed off or whatever well we were yeah they they would be they would be happy for me to do whatever i want and i have a home that i i would be welcome to live in and for however long i needed to figure stuff out however some people don't have that and i'm like really really lucky that i do and some people it some people also don't have the Mm. option to go to university really or at least not to to do a humanities degree you know not to do something vocational like i'm really lucky that i can and that i also can have the option of being like oh if i don't like this degree i can change like i can swap and change and do different things and people do change but i have like a support network that allows me to do Mm. that and i appreciate that i'm unbelievably privileged and i also if i go to university the plus side is obviously if i went to university i would have to have a job but this is a job the the podcast is a job and so I get to not do a, like me like a retail job like I have before. Hmm. So we've reached a position where you are going to university, but everything is still up in the air as regards well as regards your room, for instance, and as regards. Oh, my room course. is just I have to share with someone, yeah. but it's going to be fine. I, I'm not so worried fine. about that. And while you've we've had this sort of fallow period where you've gone through uh, turmoil, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but we didn't find out about it much till uh, just a few days ago, you've been busy celebrating the 25th anniversary of Friends. You I know, actually didn't really know that was happening. Well, whenever I knew it was happening because when on you, the TV channel actually TV, just said says Friends 25 years. The one years. that's been going for 25 years. It yeah. says that on uh, is it Dave or is it some other channel? Um, that, Comedy Central. Comedy Central that keeps on playing it been a lot of publicity about the 25th anniversary and how much uh, of a part in uh, popular culture Friends uh, mm. plays. Even 25 years on. Uh, it doesn't feel 25 years old at all, though. No, seven years older than you. Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't feel it. It's it aged less than a lot of those, a lot of programmes. 
yes, and films and stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. It uh, feels up to date-ish. But well. it's still the the most downloaded thing on Netflix. And uh, the, it's the most popular TV show among 5 to 16-year-olds. So these are people... Wow. Yeah. Five, that must be like 13 to 16-year-olds are really driving up that average. Yeah, well, it must be, but from five to... No, I think five-year-olds would like it as well. Cause it's five the same, years old, then. Yeah, That's, it's, how, it's the same characters, isn't it? I think about like, eight or nine. Yeah, well, they do like familiar characters. Yeah, anyway, true. this is a report by, you know, one of these media organisations that says it's the most popular TV show among five to 16-year-olds, uh, and the report went on to specify that they watch it alone and on mobile phones. So I suspect there are some lonely kids who look on these friends... As their friends. Oh, I definitely you know, rather, do. Oh, do you? Spending the whole day... Well, no, if you're spending the whole day on your own, then I'll put my friends on in the background. Just in the background? Just to, you yeah. know, if you're cooking or mm. or just doing a task, then just put friends on. And one um, broadsheet... Chat with them. Yeah, one broadsheet newspaper, um, I don't know which paper we're talking about, one of them had a series of articles comparing the dynamic between the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So we were talking about uh, Harry and Meghan, right? And they compared the dynamic between them to that of Monica and Chandler. Can you see that Monica and Chandler... I don't know the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. No. I won't be able to say. What's the dynamic between... Monica uh, is like more the like more like she's like controlling and organized and ah, um, high maintenance right. and well, there you go but and then and then chandler is like but how could you possibly say that how could you possibly know well a quality newspaper has decided oh, that's crap that from, but it's interesting i, mean, I just don't like i think people are so harsh to Meghan markle mm. it's just ridiculous but you would, from everything you read, you would think she. I don't uh, subscribe to any of the newspapers' views of Meghan Markle. Okay. Someone wrote a play called Ross or Ross mm. and Rachel, or whatever, and it was basically about what happens in those types of relationships after they get together at the end, and how Ross is actually this like massive, like master manipulator character, and how it would turn into like a really toxic relationship. It's really good play. Yeah. I think it's called Ross and Rachel. Or it might just be called Ross. The thing uh, about Friends is, is obviously over the years, now it's 25 years old, over the years people have tried to get a revival and they've asked... Oh, yeah, they want them to reunion, been, yeah. They've, they've been asked several times about a reunion. They've steadfastly refused to do it. Why should they do a reunion? Because it's syndicated all over the yeah. world, still hugely popular, and they're getting massive It also would fees. ruin it, wouldn't it? Well, that's what they say. They say, not so much it ruin it, but that sort of... They could never uh, make people happy. No. With the reunion. No, and those sort of relationships that they're all support, and we all know it's hugely fake, but those relationships that they're portraying in uh, the actual sitcom, those belong to 20-year-olds. They don't belong mm. to 50-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think, ludicrous, you know, yeah, just, a lot of the problems would be, like, who wants to see... Ross and Rachel have actually had a divorce and it was messy and now it's like a really complicated relationship or that the Monica and Chandler have like a yeah. difficult marriage like that's not friends no, is an escapism no. isn't it and it you is. can't do that with I mean maybe it'd be an interesting program if you did 50 year olds friends or whatever but that's not these characters 
no, it's not those characters at all. And and that's the one thing, as you say, it's escapism. And I never thought it was that funny, but it's escapism. And it's an escape from reality. And there's a, a story here. Somebody was giving a, a talk at uh, one of these industry, media industry meetings. Mm. And there was somebody there from uh, Friends, one of the producers, saying that some topics remain decidedly off limits. And this was the difference between Friends and Seinfeld. Seinfeld, obviously, is slightly earlier than Friends. But nothing, Seinfeld, um, very cleverly, made nothing off limits. This industry insider, who was uh, a producer on Friends, said some topics in Friends, unlike Seinfeld, remained decidedly off limits. The sitcom's creators have revealed how television bosses sought to keep the show family-friendly, mm. effectively banning relatively mild words, such as condom and nipple, from scripts both of which there, there was lots of stuff there's about always that. nipples on show though in mm. um the the get like if you watch friends i can't remember who was saying this to me the the term the terminology they use was they always have a nip on a nip on but you right, can't you can't yes. i can't say that to you no i know what you mean there was an arg- argument where monica Courtney Cox and Rachel Dennis Hansen fought over who could use the last condom, uh, said Marta Kaufman, the show's executive producer. Mm. Uh, we could show you the box, you could shake the box, so you could hear the condoms, but you couldn't show the foil packet and you couldn't say condom. It had to be in the box. It's crazy. Uh, do you, have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've seen them all. I've seen them all. There's a woman called Amanda Mortel who wrote a book called Word Slut, a feminist guide to taking back the English language. Um, and it's got lots of different bits about feminist usage of words and insults and um, words for female anatomy and how they're very different to male and whatever. But one bit of it that I thought was really, really interesting was that she said she talks a lot about um, the usage of words like so and actually and like and literally not literally so much but and yes yeah, so and you know and anyway all those kind of words that you just they don't mean anything really mm. you just put them in all the time yeah. while you're thinking of stuff um, and her analysis is that women young women especially are blamed way more for using these and for for it making you sound like you're not that smart in comparison to men and it's it's a yeah, it's like a feminist well, issue. And so she found that actually women don't really use them any more than men. All right. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just like a like, thing. Saying like all the time, women don't really do that any more than men. Really? No, in, in reality, maybe a little bit, and young women maybe a bit more, but really it's not a considerable amount. No, but young but, people But it's it picked up on more. People. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it were, and all, then the word the, like all using languages like have these words, you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. In German, they say also and noch, uh, and they just put them into sentences. They say Bowie also. in France. Bowie. Bowie. Ah, Bowie. All the time. Yeah. It's only when um, sort of like Valley Girls in Los Angeles, um, when they start saying like like totally like actually like this like that, mm-hmm. that they start getting blamed with it. And one of the things she kind of raises, I listened to like an interview with her, and one of the things she kind of raises was that um, it was only when young women started to do it that it got a bad rap. What about uh, and stuff? 
Uh, does she mention and stuff? Because I don't I think know she did. A, a, a young she's American. My, a young girl of my acquaintance <laughs> who likes to put and stuff. I'd better be me because it sounds very weird. Let's <laughs> notice you uh, and stuff in at the end of quite a number of sentences. Yeah, because I'm using it, but she just says it's fine. Use them. Mm. They're they're there for a reason. They um, and if you don't use them, you sound robotic. People so, want to hear them, but then they also want to take the pee out of you. So, them. so it's um, a feminist perspective on on words on in general. Words. See, what I think about your feminism is that you're very selective and will happily... How am I very selective? You will happily listen to Dolly Parton's song, Jolene. Don't take my man just because you can. That is the most unfeminist lyrics I've ever heard. How is that unfeminist? Because... No, 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 women don't have to like all other women. No, I'm not saying they do have to like all other women. So what's wrong with saying... Don't I'm begging you, don't take my mouth. Because like, that's not that's not unfeminist. In other circumstances, you would say, "Oh, she should be having a go at the man." It's uh, the man. Why is she saying to Jolene, "Don't take my man just because you can"? She should say to the man, "Look, stop messing around with Jolene." Yeah, but that's not as good of a song. Well, precisely. But that's not like no. You should artistically, you should be able to write and and uh, make whatever. Mm. But that doesn't have to. Dim- so to make you, you un- um, that doesn't have to ne- like make you unfeminist. No, but I'm just saying you're being very. I'm not being, being selective. Of course, you're being selective. Have you heard of the other one, that other Dolly Parton song you like about the cowboy boots? There's, I mean, Dolly Parton's great. I love her. She's a great singer. She's written some great songs. But she is not part of your general general. I'm not saying no, agenda. But you don't have to. You don't, not everyone has to be part of like a extreme feminist agenda to to be enjoyable no, or whatever. I don't no, understand. I agree, I agree with you. That is my standpoint. That's why I'll happily watch Woody Allen films, but I'll still get... Uh, I mean, also, there's get, a difference of being not actively um, feminist in your art and being a paedophile. I'm not saying Woody Allen. No, no, I'm not saying Woody I'm not talking about Woody Allen. I'm just saying there's a difference between being not feminist or... Um, not actively promoting a feminist agenda and being someone like Harvey Weinstein who committed sexual assault. Like, there's a difference. Mm. Well, I'm absolutely with you on Harvey Weinstein, as you know, and I won't watch My Left Foot again, I won't watch Shakespeare in Love again, and I won't watch... Uh, no, I'm not saying... Because they're all rubbish. There's a difference between, like, promoting someone like Harvey Weinstein and promoting someone like Dolly Parton. It's not the same thing. Mm. No, that's not the same thing. But uh, I'm surprised you uh, let the non-feminist, anti-feminist agenda of the song Jolene just wash over you because you happen to think she's got a nice voice, which she has. No, I also think the song's brilliant. Like, I think it's great lyrics. Hmm. Should we have a little bit of music? Yeah, let's. Uh, My song is called Kintsugi um, by Gabrielle Aplin. I don't know how much more I could take Yeah, I'm broken into so many pieces Would be easy just to throw them away But I don't want to give up on feeling Cause now that I'm shattered, I'm all kinds of me Was knocked off the shelf, but I'm all so complete I'm under the weather with no place to be But maybe That was Gabrielle Aplin, um, who you might recognise mostly from a John Lewis advert 
um, ah. which she did a cover of Frankie Goes to Hollywood's The Power of Love, which um, was then like number one on it the UK Christmas, chart and stuff. Yeah. And she first became sort of recognised, uh, picked out and stuff by a record level um, by doing covers on YouTube and stuff. And then in 2013, she released her debut album, English Rain, which had the song Please Don't Say You Love Me on it, mm. this which one you might recognise. And then, so that's what she's really famous for. And this song is her new new song called Kintsugi, which I know you will ask because it's not a word you'll recognise, Dad. I use it all the time. <laughs> uh, it's also known as Kintsukurai. Obviously, I don't know whether I'm pronouncing these right. And it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer dusted with gold or silver. Um, and as a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise, which I think is really beautiful. And so I'll show you a picture. This will work well on the podcast. Well, I'm showing you a picture. Everyone can Google it. It's, it's just a picture of a pot, but it's got all the breakages and then, it, you know, with the gold. So you can see where it's been ah, broken right. and then stuck back together. And so isn't um, that a nice it is. It's sentiment cool. and philosophy? And, of course, it saves you from throwing it all away. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's a good way to reuse things and, and, and make it into its beautiful. Metaphor, she is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course she is. It's called Kintsugi. No, no, she's talking about just the Japanese pottery art. <laughs> yeah, but obviously it turned into Japanese culture. I've got, well, it's a great giant of the rock and roll world, Dion DiMucci. Let's hear it. Basement lights and gangway fires blood in August night There we go, that was Dion DiMucci, a little voice of uh, Paul Simon at the end. He did the oh. uh, twinkle, twinkle bit. But Dion, he was known mostly uh, as Dion, or his real name is uh, Dion Francis DiMucci. He, there's bits of doo-wops that he did, doo-wop rock, R&B in the early 60s. So he's sort of pre-Beatles and uh, had hits like Run Around Sue, The Wanderer. You won't have heard of any of these, but you might have heard them on movie soundtracks. And then he came back in 1989 uh, with that. He did an LP called... Wow, must have been quite old. Yeah, well, he is quite old now. He was born July the 18th, 1939. So he'd have been about 50 when he did that. Yeah, that's quite old. It's quite old to be making rock and roll. Well, it was quite old to make rock and roll. Now, of course, the Running Stones, the Who, who've got a new album out, they're all gone forever. If you want to listen to those songs in full, then you can go over to the Spotify playlist and type in Ruthie, Me and My Dad or Martin and Ruth and um, that'll take you to the playlist with these songs in full and all the others. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we've got some of the emails now. It's always what we do, isn't it? We always do the music and then the emails. Sometimes we do the emails first. Most of the time we do the music and then the emails, though. Yeah. Well, let's do the emails. Hugh Besson. It's the home stretch, as I think of it in my head. Right. Uh, Hugh Besson, um, enjoying it very much. says, great pod as always. I'm glad you're continuing, even though Ruth is off to study slash party hard. I'm nervous. I'm I know, I know. Fight, You've not even thought about partying, have you? It's like six days of straight partying. Oh, is it? Ill. Mm. I will. I've literally only just got over my cold I had after... Um, leads fast and then I'm going to get sick again yeah he says I have to say I'm amazed that Ruth has to share a room I've certainly <laughs> never heard of that with any of the kids I know gone to. is this normal he says I have to be honest and say that would have put me off going but it's not particularly that because we, we worried that that was what no was no I mean it's just fine I probably will be able to change after yeah. a certain amount or whatever but maybe, maybe. I've heard some stories from people that they've Really, really got on and really yeah. enjoyed it just because yeah. it's um, lonely. You can get lonely. Yeah. So I'm being open-minded. Uh, also, it is not that common, but it's quite common at Durham, York, and maybe Oxford and Cambridge as well. Yes. So of old-fashioned universities because that's obviously how it always used to be. So at York, there's quite there's a few places. At Durham, there is, and I think Oxford and Cambridge yeah. as well. And we'll see how it goes. Like these collegiate ones. That's, that's good. Um, secondly, I wanted to share an astonishing fact I discovered whilst researching a book I'm trying to write. So we're all trying to write a book that sort of ties in with your discussion on The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, two things, maybe three, he says about America. One, there are more Spanish speakers in the USA than there are in Spain. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Roughly 30 million first language and another 10 million who are children of uh, immigrants. But the real reason I was researching was to establish the number of practicing Christians in the US, uh, which is where the Atwood connection comes in, says Hugh. In the UK, the C of E... Is this Hugh Besson? Yeah. He's a regular emailer. Know him by name. We almost, we almost feel, Just checking. feel he's one of our friends. Yeah. Uh, he says, in the UK, the C of E, the Church of England, seems to count you as a practising uh, Christian if you go once a month or maybe walk past a church on your way to work. <laughs> but in the US, they talk of regular churchgoers, and the number in the US is around 200 million. That's, well, that's who, people who go, like, once every two weeks at least. At least, yeah. So the chances of a dystopian religious uprising would seem to be 
be pretty high. Yeah, uh, I think that I think like uh, Margaret Atwood is Canadian. Usually, you would set a dystopia where you're from, but yeah. I think she set it in America, obviously, because it has this precedent of religious. Um, I was going to say cultism, but I'm not actually sure that's right. No, religious religion. <laughs> John uh, Aldersley Williams uh, writes to us um, under the headline Pope Stuck in a Lift, which was the one that went down very badly last week when I said something. It wasn't that funny. No, it wasn't that funny. There was no... It wasn't funny because it didn't have the Pope yeah, yeah, yeah. it should have had some I mean it could be anybody I knew that yeah it could have been anybody stuck in the lift you're right and I think John Aldersley Williams agrees with you because he says surely that joke was fallible on every, on every level which is better yes it's better you're right he says P.S. why not let Ruth have the edit for a week as a going away present P.P.S. I said if someone teaches me how to do it yeah P.P.S. not a crony and he says Please forgive terseness and typos. What a group they were. Please forgive terseness and typos. Sent from my phone, he said. That's mm. why it was terse and there were typos. My um, best quality is I always remember to get rid of sent from my iPhone before I send an email. Uh, so I look right. very professional. Yeah, I can remember when it was quite... Uh, it was a feather in your cap. When iPhones first started, if you put on the bottom, sent from my iPhone. Oh, is it I a can, good thing? Yeah, I can remember getting emails from people sent from my iPhone. I said, ooh, fancy you, sent from your iPhone. Aren't you great? Martin Bolton writes uh, Brummy and Black Country Accents. Remember last week we tried to do a Brummy... Birmingham? Yeah. yeah. And uh, a Black Country accent from, you know, Wolverhampton. Black Country? <laughs> Better say. Yeah, well, the same the way you... The same, the same the way you do them. He says, Martin says, your attempts at our accents were poor this week. <laughs> but try and differentiate between us Brummies and the Yam Yams from the black country. That's what they call Are they them. not friends? Are they, is it kind of no, a rivalry? It's kind of one of those things. You, where, where like you, us in Lancashire. Yeah, exactly. Except the Brummies think that people in the black country are somehow unevolved. Uh, there's the... Six fingers. Six fingers. That's what we the, think people from Castleford. Yeah, that's right. And there's intimate relationships with sheep. Every culture. Every <laughs> yeah, culture so we also this. think that about Welsh people, don't we? Yeah, there's all that. Do you know, let me tell you a story about my friend uh, Will Buckley. Will was hired by the paper The New European. Now, The New European is a paper which campaigns for us to remain in the EU. You. Uh, so that was formed by uh, Alistair Campbell and people like that who are very, very keen on the EU. And Will was asked, because Will's a very funny, very humorous writer, and they said, can you write us 50 jokes that the Europeans make about each other? So, for instance, the Poles will make jokes about the Romanians, the Germans will make jokes about the Dutch, the Dutch will make jokes about the Germans, and they're all basically on the same level as the Brummies make jokes about the Yam Yams, and we make jokes about Lancastrians, and Lancastrians make jokes about Yorkshire people having intimate relations with sheep, being very tight, and all those things. Or we make we make jokes about the Scots people being tight, you know, and then some people from Glasgow will make jokes about Abedonians being tight. It's like that. So he did 50 jokes that the Europeans make about each other, and uh, afterwards the editor said to him, we can't print this, it's racist. And he said, well, of course it's racist. <laughs> that's, that's literally a, the brief. <laughs> that's literally the whole thing about... Uh, anyway, the Brummies make jokes about the Yam Yams. So there you are, from the black country, as we can get very offended. They don't like being mixed up. Can I recommend, and this is how we get work, how we can work on our black country accent, can I recommend the Raised by Wolves box set 
on all four, which was written by Kathleen Moran and based ah, I'm on. I'm in. Yeah, well, precisely. I was Say no in, more. but I couldn't Sold. find it. Uh, which was written by Kathleen Moran and based on her childhood growing up in the Wolverhampton area. Uh, James Blacklock writes to us. He listens to the podcast on talk radio. He listens on the actual radio, to the which I play in sort of instalments. And he says, As often happens at weekends, I got home well after midnight last Saturday and tuned to your show for perhaps an hour, because you know my show there is the, what we call the graveyard shift uh, through, the, uh, through the middle of the night. But he listens, so it's great. <laughs> we will soon be... Because right, to- is he up anywhere? Yeah, he was up anywhere. Right. He got home well after midnight, he says. The first words I heard came from Ruth talking about sandwich toasters and the role they play in university life and stating her preference for flat surface sandwiches. Toasters. Coincidentally, at that precise moment, I was actually in the middle of cooking an omelette using my flat surface sandwich toaster. Oh, wow. Yeah, a process that takes a few short seconds. Not exactly an earth-shattering coincidence, he says, but I did enjoy it. I also enjoyed the <laughs> omelette. What I haven't heard for a while is the section of your show where you and Ruth each select a piece of popular music in order to compare and contrast what the youth of today listen to with what we listened to when we were young. I assume you've been including this feature after I've gone to bed. Yeah, it's sort of been pushed a little bit later into the podcast, hasn't it? It's half, so it's about halfway part. through. Yeah, yeah. well, um, you've missed some good ones, actually. And the final one is, I'm just wondering if you've uh, you've just registered for our mailing list. And I'm wondering if that's you. It says, hello, it's so cool to have you with us. Now that you've subscribed, we'll keep you up to date with products offer and lots more. I find it the most cringy slash hauntingly capitalist thing when companies refer to you like they're your friends like um pretty little thing in some of these clothing brands they'll be like hey hun we've got a sale for you and it's like you're not my friend please stop it it makes me break inside yeah because you, you you're very particular who your friends are your friends are ross chandler <laughs> Let's talk trans, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of... There's so much about it at the moment. Uh, There's this group called... Have you heard of this group called uh, The Mermaids, a transgender lobby group? I have heard of The Mermaids, yes. Mm. I don't really know much about them, though. Teachers have been told in a training session that some children as young as 12... This is from The Times. Yeah. I read this. Oh, did you? Because I bought my first ever newspaper. Oh, well, I was, we're going to talk about yeah. that. It's actually more interesting than trans uh, transphobia. Tell me about your... I bought... I bought uh, um, so I was in town and I was having to wait around uh, with my brother and he had his book and he was like, do you want to just go and sit somewhere and have a little read or whatever? I was like, I've got nothing with me. So I, I was... didn't know your brother read. What's he, what's he reading? Oh, he said to... He said the funniest thing. He was like, um, we met up the other week and we were in a coffee shop and I was reading my Testaments book, really excited, blah, blah, blah. And then I was leaving earlier to meet some friends or something and he was just going to stay there because he was waiting to start work. Then he said to me, he was like, oh, I... After you left, I stayed there for about another two hours. I only read a page. And then he was like, just kept playing on my phone. Only ever read a page. And then he got his book out when I like got down, when we were sat again. He was like, right, get, get another page done. I'll be done by 2021 at this rate. I went to go buy a magazine. Magazines are the most overpriced things I've ever seen. You could buy a book for the price of a magazine. Mm. And then there was nothing I fancied either. So I was like, oh, I'll just buy a newspaper and like give that a little read. And then I thought, the I've never time, yeah. I've never bought a newspaper before because they're always either in the house or I wouldn't bother to mm. read one or they're online or whatever. And I actually, and I was saying, such good value. I didn't realise yes. how much they what cost. What was your newspaper of choice? The Times. 
Well done. So you bought, you bought the Times. It was one pound eighty. Loads so, of stuff in there. So many words in it. So and I didn't even barely read much of it because I did the puzzles. <laughs> you've got puzzles in there. You've got sport. Which any of that interesting? There must you've be so much work views. in it. There is. I mean, my. How did they? This is my thing. I was like, they could put the price up. Hmm. Two quid, I think. Yes, I think they could put the price up to two pounds, and they probably will at some time in the, mm. in the future. Cost two pounds on a Saturday, and then you get the magazine. But as you well. get you don't get only like it's way more than twenty p extra that you get. Yeah, Saturday's a real bargain because you get the. I mean, we're not just doing this. Because no, genuinely, I re- I don't want it to sound like oh, blah blah blah. To be honest, I think that they didn't have that much. I was quite late in the day. They probably didn't have that many different newspapers. It was quite a small shop, but. It was. It is. Mm. Someone should tell people because I think they're keeping that a secret. What? How good it is? No, just how say much like the value it is. My purses would be like it's only one pound eighty. It's massive. Yes, you've got more words in it than you have in. Um, how many words do you more? think it would be? Ninety thousand. I don't know. Somebody, my my brother knows. I didn't. I just didn't. No one told me. It was like <laughs> one of those things. Is no, no one just no one tells you, and then. I'm trying, there's loads of things like that where you're suddenly like, why did no one tell me this? Like um, bread, it's pretty cheap. Bread's quite cheap, yes. Yeah, so you can get a loaf for a pound. Yeah, it's pretty good. Unless you go to a farmer's market and that's five pounds. Mm. It's sourdough. But we were talking about trans issues. Trans issues, I nearly forgot. The new, you buying a newspaper for the first time was just more earth-shattering than this. There's another, another story here that I, I, I spotted, which is, you should start reading the newspaper regularly and <laughs> spot all these stories. It said, new guidelines on transgender pupils uh, for primary and secondary schools. I've blooming read it. Oh, did you? Well, Toilets. Yes, what's your view? Um... Well, tell the people what the thing, the story is. There, it's basically saying that it's basically saying that they can use whatever toilets they feel most comfortable in. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think we had it. We had it at college where there was posters being like, "See someone in the toilets that doesn't look the same or whatever." um, Don't make them feel out of place. They're they're using the facilities in which they feel the most comfortable. No one ever abused it. It was a massive school. 2,000 people or so no one abused it I honestly don't think that they're, they're always the argument is oh but then boys can just go into the girls toilets and blah 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 really don't think it would happen at least not very often I think you should be able to use the toilets you feel comfortable in regardless of what you look like what about people I'm talking about changing rooms now which I think it says there what about people who feel uncomfortable in uh, that changing room in that atmosphere I don't, I don't know why you should no, but, but some people might. Should but it's like saying feel, the same... Feelings not... Um, but it's like saying the same thing, I feel uncomfortable changing in front of someone who's gay. Why? Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's just, I it's just a mean, question yeah. of you need to catch up to how it should be. I would prefer someone who's transgender to feel safe in the facilities that they're using than someone feeling a little bit uncomfortable, like, just get over it. I've told you you have a really good meme this week. Oh, though. it's brilliant. Right. Oh, it's got it's got the F word in it. This is why we were discussing what word I could use instead. I think I'm just going well, to go for effing. Effing will do. Yeah. yeah. Or you can use the Irish one, fecking. Fecking hell. Yeah. That was um, really poor. Anyway, a lunchable is charcuterie if you're not an effing classist. Say again. A lunchable. Do you know what a lunchable is? 
Is it one of those sort of cheese things that you... Uh... It's like when you get the cracker, the ham and the cheese. You know, there's like little slices and little biscuits. Right, but it comes in a box. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like, like Dairy Lee, yeah. yeah. Um, a Lunchable is charcuterie if you're not an effing classist. And that's it, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Really? I thought that was really funny. This was my other one. This was... I was between these two. A teenager just excitedly skipped into the tube carriage and very loudly announced that he'd just lost his virginity. Every single person in the carriage high-fived him and a middle-aged woman gave him a can of her four-pack of Fosters. Who said, who said Londoners went kind and lovely? I like that. I you like, like you that. prefer that? I do prefer that. I never know what I you're going to like. No, I never know. Well, who's to know? If you want to send us an email, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. That's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to hear the address in a slightly higher voice, martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.